Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 11 of Empty Betters. I am your host, Harrison Scholes, and I'm going to toss it over here to my co-host, Nick Manella. How you doing, buddy? Doing well, man. How about yourself? Pretty good. I'm surprised you uh, didn't come back with a Boston accent over your uh, weekend. What are you talking <laughs> about? I'm wicked smart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that Instagram story was perfect. Uh, you did a little Road Warrior segment over the weekend. Why don't I you did, touch on that? I did. I had a lot of fun. Uh, so Friday morning, I shipped up to Boston and uh, got in at around 9.30, and I was at Harpoon Brewery by about 11.30, well, and there you go. it was just an unreal trip. We did the whole brewery tour there, sick food. Uh, they did, like, you know, pretzels with, like, garlic butter and IPA beer cheese. I Get your clam chowder. I could have eaten, like, 40 of them. They're just <laughs> incredible. Uh, I love Harpoon Brewery. I buy their beers, like, all the time anyways. They make a Dunkin' Donuts coffee porter. Oh, so, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely drink that that's before going Boston, to work, right? Because it's still coffee. <laughs> that's such a Boston thing to do. Right? I fucking love Dunkin'. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah, that was sick. Uh, the next day, we so Saturday, we walked around uh, Newberry Street so my girlfriend could do some shopping. Uh, I just went to sleep with my eyes open. There you go. Um, and then we fired over to the garden. For uh, Caps Bruins, and that was an insane experience in itself. So two things I want to touch on. One, well, how is the seating? Talk about it. So you, we, you explained to me in a text message, and this is a direct <laughs> quote, I had to tuck one of my balls into my stomach in order to fit. Yeah, and I did. And the worst part was I kept having to switch which ball every time I got up. <laughs> um, but it really was tight. I mean, when we got there, our whole section was empty still because it was right before warm-up started. And I was like, oh, like these seats are brand freaking new. They don't look bad at all. Right. Because um, I don't know if you remember, they changed them from being yellow and black and now they're all black. Right. Dumb, in my opinion. It is. It was dumb. And so like we go to sit down and it was like the two of us were sitting in uh, the same seat. Oh, God. And then uh, eventually uh, someone came and sat next to me. Older guy was the guy that I put on our Insta story with like the hat and the mustache and the old time sweater. He, he looked like he knew a good time. Oh, he was having a blast. Such a nice guy too. And he said that, so he buys like a, a 10 game package and those were like his seats. Right. And he said that a couple weeks ago he was at a game and there was some fat guy two rows in front of him that literally just sat in the seat for 10 minutes and then was like, no, fuck this. I'm leaving. The rolls are just going over, they're rolling like, over the seat. Yeah. He just left. Oh God. Yeah. Well, there you go. So it was definitely cramped, but uh, great venue. I mean, super clean, beautiful. Right. Yeah, it should hopefully, you know, make up for the seating, but it just kind of sucks that, um, you know, what, they they added four seats to each row, I think? They yeah, so like it. rows that were 14 are now 18, I guess. Yeah, eh, just, I, don't, I don't know. It, it didn't not, bother me all that much. There's so. been enough complaining about it where I feel like it's not really justified at this point, but... Yeah. Um, the but, other thing I wanted to ask... Uh, did you have tissues in your pocket to wipe yourself clean after Jake Verona scored that shoot uncle? I did have to tape it down on the walk <laughs> out of the stadium. I will say that much. It was great. All the Caps goals were coming right at our side of the ice. Oh, that's awesome. So it was awesome. So we had a great view of it. Uh, you know, of course, nothing's ever easy with them. So they leave it until 59 seconds to go to tie it. And then, of course, they have to force it to a shootout despite having like four chances to win it in overtime. But, I mean... Is that the first time you've seen a live three-on-three overtime? 
I would say that's probably the fifth time I've seen a live three-on-three overtime. Really? Yeah. Damn. So I it's never fun to watch, but it's yeah. fucking stressful. Well, yeah, my heart would be racing. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've never gotten to see a three-on-three overtime game, so yeah. I was just curious how that was. Dude, that shootout goal, holy shit. Sick hands. Oh, my God. I mean, that was just so clean. Like, yeah. there was no stutter of the puck. The, his skate blades never, like... You know, got caught in the ice, or were like he never, he never even did like the toe pop, like Getzlaff does a lot, where you have to like yep. lift your toe. It yeah. was just so clean. I was like effortless. I, I watched it and I was like, he might have actually done it better than Datsuk. Like, I, it's close, arguably. I mean, but if he would have popped the water bottle, I would have given. Yeah, him. exactly. Yeah, that was the one part <laughs> yeah. he was missing. Um, did you bet on the game? I didn't. Uh, Smart. Yeah. You know. So. Don't I just decided, I was like, I'm going to go, uh, you know, just have beers, have fun anyways. Right. Don't want to have my night ruined by losing money. Agreed. So that was great. Uh, huge turnout for Caps fans. I mean, there was red everywhere. Oh, wow. That's yeah. kind of surprising. It, the fans do travel really well. It's a lot of people that, you know, were either born in D.C. and have moved up there. That or, sucks. like, people from this area that, like, went to college up there and then stayed, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but it was cool. Uh, basically, during like each intermission, there was always like a, a powwow of like people in red jerseys hanging out by like the beer stand. So that was nice. Hmm, that's cool. Well, at least you weren't totally stranded there by yourself. Honestly, like the Boston fans were really cool. Like everyone that sat around us, with the exception of like three or four people, were like genuinely good human beings. Peter Griffin's everywhere. Right. Yeah, there was one guy who, him and his girlfriend were sitting directly in front of us. And they were, like, you know those, like, Bon and Vive spiked seltzer things? Yeah. They were dumping, like, Rickoloff into those. Oh, and my. And just, like, slamming them. I was just like, complete <laughs> trailer trash move. I haven't heard Rickoloff in and a while. And his, like, his buddy and his buddy's girlfriend were next to him. His buddy had to be, like, carried out. Yeah. Uh, so, it, you know, they weren't, right. they weren't there past the second period. No, that sounds about right. Yeah. Well, your weekend sounded uh, pretty interesting. I, myself... Kind of just, you know, witnessed the best football team in the league. Seriously. Just trash the Texans. Shout out <laughs> to my Ravens. Uh, what an effort. What a game. Uh, it was just, I, I, this team can't lose. I don't want to get on the football too much. But, uh, you know, th- as long as Lamar doesn't get hurt, I don't think anybody's beating us. Who's a bigger cheat code, Connor McDavid or Lamar Jackson? That's my boy Lamar. Are you kidding me? <laughs> didn't even a contest. For those who are wondering, because I get this question quite a bit, I... And this is just kind of you know letting our listeners know a little bit more about me is that they always say how are you a Baltimore fan um, for every sport, but then for hockey you're a Pittsburgh fan because usually those two cities are rivalries. So my dad is the fault that you know he's at fault for why I'm the way I am. Mm. When he was traveling for work uh, back in the day, he used to spend a lot of time at UPMC Hospital, which is University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, and the Caps weren't around at that time. And he also grew up where the Caps didn't exist yet, right? So he kind of, you know, spent a lot of time over in Pittsburgh and tickets were dirt cheap because, you know, they stunk. And so he used to go to Penguins games a lot. So he kind of fell in love with that. And then once Mario came around, I mean, that... Hook, line, it, and sinker at that point. Yeah, it was it was done from there. So, you know, he raised me a Penguins fan. I mean, I got to see... Mario Lemieux play before he retired the year before the 05 lockout. Okay. I saw him play against the Panthers, and that was Roberto Luongo's rookie season. So I saw that kind of full circle. It's That's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Um, yeah. So, I mean, 
for any of you people call me a bandwagon, fuck off. And <laughs> secondly, uh, that you know, that's just kind of my story. The caps went around, and my dad kind of raised me like that. So is it weird? Yeah. Do people raise eyebrows? Yes, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, but I, I feel like, you know, with our friends or, like, people that we've met, there's, like, plenty of people that have, like, weird-ass affiliations. Like, there's this mutant that we both know that's somehow a Yankees fan but a Dallas Cowboys fan. We won't mention his name. He doesn't right. deserve our attention. But, but like, yes. what kind of backwoods butt fuckery is that? Well, and even Ravens and Yankees fans or something yeah. like that. Or, you know, you're a Colts fan, right? And yeah. Indiana, so, you know, there's... Exactly. There's all sorts of stuff. But everybody has... You know, I just like hearing people's stories about why they're fans of certain teams. It usually is about their dad, but I'm always curious about that. So I just wanted to... You know, let people know that because I have gotten that question a little bit sure. over time. But that's enough uh, pitter-patter for the weekend. There's a lot of stuff that has gone on in the past week in the NHL, so let's dive right into it. Nick, do you want to kick it off? Yeah, so in my opinion, the biggest news that actually came out, I think it was today, it was around 1130 this morning, was that the New Jersey Devils put goaltender Corey Schneider on waivers with the intent of sending him to the American Hockey League. Yeah, he's had a pretty rough go at it this season, and especially at his tenure in Jersey. I mean, the year they made the playoffs and lost to Tampa, he was okay. He was above yes. average. But other than that, I mean, last year he was garbage, and this year it looks like he hasn't been doing too hot either. Um, yeah, it, he hasn't won a game in nine starts, and that's going back to last year. I think this season he's like 0-4-2, 0-4-1 maybe. Yeah. Well, and he was the poster boy in Vancouver, but it kind of shows you that you know he was doing what he was doing, maybe because he was splitting a lot of time with Luongo mm-hmm. at the time. You know, it, it, people were always wondering, can he carry the number one role on a team where he's the guy? And I don't want to say no because he did make but a playoff run, like but kind now, of like where we're at now, the but, game just kind of fell apart, and and now it's just off the rails. Yeah. Fun fact: he was acquired in 2013 from Vancouver for a first-round pick. That first-round pick ended up being the current captain of the Vancouver Canucks, Bo Horvat. Not a bad trade, keep the change. Yeah, so uh, Vancouver yeah. won that trade. A hundred percent. Easily you can say that. Um, Steven Stamkos scored his 400th career goal over the weekend. Pretty cool. Uh, Connor McDavid tallied a hat-trick and six-point night versus the Avalanche over the weekend. Thus, someone bet that over. Uh, yeah, you did. You, I mean, <laughs> look, that's that's a game you're eyeing it up. You're like McKinnon, McDavid. I'm not gonna like not bet the over, right? Right, exactly. I think they had five goals in the first period combined, something like that. Yeah. I think Drysidle had five assists. Yep, I'm pretty sure he had five. Maybe it was four. I'm gonna say five. Uh, I mean, the Oilers. What's what do you think? I mean, every week it looks. I feel like we ask each other, Sabres, Oilers, who's yeah. going? Yeah, I, I don't at know. this point, I think it's just you know the question that I always see on TSN on their Instagram page is, can they sustain this? And as of right now, it looks like they can. Right. They better pray and hope that everyone that's playing right now stays completely healthy, or uh, else they're screwed. Yeah, especially their two big guns. Because yeah. if one of them goes down, it it ain't happening. Yeah. I mean, that's a top heavy team. I think I saw that like. They, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl account for like over 40% of the points for the team. Yep. It might even be higher than that. I just saw that stat like on a little, you know, blurb during yeah. a commercial break. And with those two being forwards playing 23 minutes a night, how long can this go before they have to dial that back? Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, I, nobody, I don't think there's another forward in the league coming close to that. Because let's say for, you know, by some miracle they can sustain this for 82 games and then they get into the playoffs where it becomes that much more physical and that much more intense. How worn down are they by Exactly. That? And how fast does that fall off? 
Yeah, you know, I'm not really sure. Uh, it's working great for the early months, so I mean, clearly, uh, they're still leading the division in points. So, you know, I said last week that they were coming back down to earth. Um, even though they aren't as hot as they were at the start of the year, which is not surprising because it's hard to keep that, you know, rate of winning, they still look decent, and they're still a decent bet every night. Nick and I just choose to stay away from them because they've fucked us every time. So, yeah. You know. For sure. Uh, Ilya Kovalchuk is done with the LA Kings. What do you think? The Kings gambled yes. when they took Ilya Kovalchuk. Yep. This gamble did not pay off. No. And for those who aren't like sure of what we're talking about, they didn't trade him. They didn't cut him. It's basically they told him, hey, look. You're not going to play. You're not going to play. You can practice with the team, but that's it. Yeah. So at this point in time, I think his agent is working with the Kings on either finding a new destination for him or, you know, something along those lines of... He has a no-movement clause, so he can't be traded. Yeah, unless he, like, approves it or something. Right, and I don't know who in their right mind would take on that contract, so... So, here's where things get interesting. I, I, assuming the price wouldn't be ultra steep, which I can't imagine it would be, because at this point he's 36 years old, he hasn't... Cap hit of six point two five million per year. I think the Penguins need to take a run. Oh my god! I'm serious. I, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. I'm not crazy. Him and Malkin are boys, right? Since the Penguins have gotten Malkin, here's the fun fact: we might be the only team in the league who can say this. Since Malkin came into the Penguins organization, we have not traded, signed, or drafted another Russian player. Since he started, Sergey Gonchar was already on the team when that he started. That was the first one that came to mind for me. I was he was the only Gonchar. one. He yeah. was the only one. We've never had another Russian. I don't know if any other team can say that. Malkin's been in the league for since 2006. I mean, so oh six oh seven, right? Yeah. So okay. it's been like 14 years. They're friends. He's a right-handed shot. Our power play is still horrendous. Ovi has his office on the power play, right? He's got that yes. right shot on yes. the left circle. We don't have that. Right now we're kind of gambling with Galchenyuk and trying to get him that offside one-timer, as our boy Ryan Whitney calls it on Chicklets. It's not working. We need a right-handed shot right there, someone who can smoke the puck. Latang doesn't have that one-timer. Schultz does have that kind of shot, but he's quarterback in the power play. If we got him for the right price and it wasn't too big of a, I guess, trade, like I'm not giving up a pick or anything, right. I think it could work. I think it could work. What terms of cap hit would you be looking for there? Like, if you could get that six down to three, would you go with it? I would. I mean, I think Penguins are always crunched against the cap, so L.A. would probably have to retain some salary in this. Yes. Um, Any way they move him, they're going to have to. Yeah, there's not a lot of teams who can afford Any team who's going to go for him probably can't afford him straight up 6.2. Yeah, definitely. Uh, look, I'm not a GM. I have no idea who we, who we would give up or how this would all work, but if – L.A. could retain 50% salary or maybe even 30. That would probably be the minimum. And we can not have to give away a key piece, a.k.a. Brian Rust. I'm down. I'm down with it. I would give up Nick Bukestad for him. Honestly. Interesting. Nick wow. Bukestad fucking stinks. And he's always hurt. And he Kovalchuk has a better yeah, – he's got a better upside. I think it could work. All right. Just spitballing out here. <laughs> um, Moving on, speaking of the Dreisaitl-McDavid duo that we were talking about earlier, if you had to choose one right now, they're probably the two frontrunners for MVP, I would say. 
At this point in the season, yes. But which one of them do you think would win it? Because Dreisaitl has more points. I would pick Dreisaitl. The NHL will pick McDavid. Uh, Yes. So let's say, theoretically, that Dreisaitl finishes the year with more points. Do you think they still pick McDavid? Let's say if they, like, finished where they are right now. I think they would. the backlash for them not picking Dreisaitl would be so big that they would kind of be inclined to do it. Yeah. But who knows with them. No, I think people would actually, like, kind of get pissed off. I, I, I really do think that Dreisaitl's deserving of it. This is, I mean, McDavid's the better player, but Dreisaitl is... And then everyone's going to get into that debate where it's like, oh, well, it's like if you took them apart, right? how would, like, we know McDavid could probably still handle it, but, like, would Dreisaitl be the same level of player that right. he is? No, I totally understand. I just thought that would be, you know, a fun little discussion. The odds are, I think they'll probably both finish one and two in scoring. I agree. Com- I'm pretty confident. Maybe Pasternak will make a run, but I think it's going to be one of those two. He's cooled off a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. He's still right up there, though. He scored against the Caps, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Bounce. Was- Lucky bounce, but yeah. That's usually yeah. how it works for the goal scorers. Especially against the Caps. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any other league news that you would uh, want So to a fun on? one that I found was Derek Grant of the Anaheim Ducks scored a hat trick against the St. Louis Blues on Saturday. Former Penguin. Yeah, so always good to score a hat trick, but it's even better when you made a bet in the offseason with your buddy that if you scored a hat trick, you could name his child. Oh, I saw. okay, so I saw this tweet, but I never clicked the link. So can you go into further detail on this? So I guess him and his friend, or his friend Brendan, and Brendan's wife are, you know, thinking about having a kid. And in the offseason, he said, if I score a hat trick, uh, can I name your kid? And the guy was like, yeah, sure, why not? Jesus. So, so what do you name him? Do you know? I don't know. Now he gets uh, to name the kid. All right. I need, definitely need to look that up. Yeah. <laughs> he can have some definite fun with that. Seriously. Uh, as far as other league news going around, let's get to the injury bug. Nick, do you want to touch on how the injuries around the league are looking right now? So the big issue regarding injuries as of late was the scary incident that occurred with Matt Calvert. Uh, in the game against the Canucks, he was struck in the back of the head by an Elias Pettersson shot. So that kid can sling it, so you know that's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. He went down and was bleeding on the ice. Pettersson seemed to hesitate a little bit and waved towards the officials as if to tell them to just blow the play dead. Uh, they ultimately did not do that, and a few seconds later, Canucks the Canucks scored. And immediately, you know, Avs players, fans, everyone just kind of lost it. Right. Uh, so this was a scary incident. I personally think they should have blown it dead. I know there's like a clause that says it's really up to the official mm-hmm. to determine, you know, if they think it needs to be blown dead. What are your thoughts on this? Um, so in my experience watching hockey, I would say the only real time that the officials will blow a play dead when there's an offensive play going on is when someone gets hit in the face, right? Where it's yes. visible. If you get hit in the eye, if you get hit in the teeth, yep. right, where you're just like, holy shit. I think this was one of those instances where he was laying down and Patterson toe-dragged it. So Calvert, like, must have twisted his body a little bit. So when Patterson shot it, it kind of hit him in the side of the head, like literally yeah. the head. Not the eye, not, like, the nose, nowhere. Like, just right in the side of the head. So it probably didn't look at that bad at the moment of impact because you don't see teeth flying. You don't yes, see him don't, holding his eye. Yes. He just hit him in the head. Granted, he was bleeding out of his head, which is insane because you got to have 
a lot of fucking impact to make someone bleed out Seriously. of Seriously. But I think that's why they didn't call it. Um, should they have? Yeah, probably. Do I fault them for not? Not entirely, just because of what I just said. No, um, I mean, you know, officials in sports, certainly officials in hockey, with mm-hmm. the rate of speed that this game is played, have the toughest job in the world. Right. And if you really want to have that play blown dead, that's up to the league to change the rule, not up to the refs to you know keep yes. having this discretion. If you want to make a rule that says... If a player gets hit in the head during a play, you must blow the whistle dead, then this entire problem goes away entirely. You can't really, you know, fillet someone if the rule book says that they have basically power whether to make it a call or non-call. It's just kind of, you know, it's yes. subject It's subject to who you are. Yeah. I saw a bunch of tweets that were saying that Canucks players should have just stopped playing, and my reaction to that was well, you, you play to the whistle. Fuck you. That's, yeah, that's it, ridiculous. It's just, you're going to tell a guy who's played hockey for 20 years. They're that, professional yeah. athletes. They're trained until they hear that whistle to not stop moving. So Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's just stupid. That's just idiots out there. Yeah. I know Avs players, Eric Johnson, Nathan McKinnon, a bunch of others were pretty vocal about how they felt about the issue. I think this is something that going forward we're going to see, you know, f- hopefully we don't see this again. Hopefully not. But I think if we do – you're going to see him blow it dead. Did they release how long he's going to be out for? Did they say, do you know? As of right now, it's indefinitely. Okay. But I figured. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so the next scary incident of the week was in Calgary Flames practice. Uh, defenseman TJ Brody just collapsed during practice. There is no timetable for his return. Uh, he was rushed to the hospital. Uh, he was alert, awake. He's just recovering at home once again, out indefinitely. So... So originally the reports were speculating that it could have been a stroke or a seizure. Team doctors have come out and said that it is not either of those two. It is more likely to just be a straight-up faint. Uh, No word if he was dehydrated or not. It is a little weird, but it's good news for him and the Flames that it wasn't anything more serious than that. Uh, I'm sure the medical reports will get released further as the week goes on, but that's all we know as of right now. Again, just like Nick said, not sure when he's coming back. Yeah, exactly. I know the one report I saw said he's just been at home resting. Yeah. Uh, I think as long as he's feeling better, he could probably be back in a week or so. Yeah, I don't see why he wouldn't be. I mean, yeah. if they're claiming it just as a feint, there's right. really nothing. Unless, I mean, obviously they know more than we do. Yeah, but, I mean, we're just yeah. going based off what the news is saying right now. If, if it comes out that he had a stroke, you know, it's not like we're being insensitive that we actually, this is what we're being told. So Exactly. Do you want to take the next one? Sidney Crosby is out minimum of six weeks, so probably won't be returning till 2020. Uh, he had a sports hernia. What differentiates a sports hernia from a regular hernia? I still have yet to figure that out after multiple he Google searches. He plays sports, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, basically, they go up through his groin, remove the hernia, and then patch it all up, so that sounds kind of painful. Yeah. Um, you know, the Penguins are going to miss him, obviously. If we can just stay afloat in the playoff race until 2020, I'm happy with it. Uh, Good news is Malkin looks absolutely incredible after that first game where Crosby was officially ruled out long-term against the Leafs. Uh, So, you know. And he'll probably see increased ice time, too. Yes. So, fun fact, Malkin's career points per game when Sid is in the lineup is 1.14. When Sid is out of the lineup, that goes up to 1.3. So he is proven to do it time and time again. Let's see how it goes. Uh, Nick Bukestad is also out for the Penguins. Not sure how long he's out for. Uh, I would imagine that Brian Rust is someone who you are definitely going to keep on your waiver wire. 
Uh, I said last week he was my first liner. Uh, he's definitely going to get a lot more ice time, so you know, just tying it all together, keep an eye out for him as well. Uh, moving on, Montreal's Jonathan Drouin and Paul Byron are both going to require surgery. So this is a big hit to a team that has sort of quietly been one of the better teams over the last two weeks. Uh, Drouin's going to require wrist surgery. Eesh. That sucks after he got completely pancaked by Ovi. This is hockey, not ballet. Yeah. <laughs> Clean what a hit. fucking quote. Clean hit. Yeah. Ovi's a quote machine. The Russians yeah. are all quote machines. Malkin goes, I am fire. I need to be fire. Right. And then, Un- unbelievable. And then, and, then, uh, and then Ovi just says, this is hockey, not the ballet. Right. I'm like, God, I, yeah. they're just, I love it. Yeah. So Druin did come back to that game later, but Coach Claude Julian said the injury was a direct result of the hit. Uh, both of these guys are expected to miss multiple weeks. Once again, no timetable. Sounds good, yeah. Uh, that's really all I got for the injuries. Yep. Right now. You want to do who's hot and who's not? Sure. So teams that right now are hot, the San Jose Sharks have quietly won their last six games. Yeah, trust me, I can't believe it either. Shout out to Stack Guy Manella for putting this together because I would have never in a million years guessed that. Um, I usually go by looking at the last 10 column on NHL standings. So it's a little deceiving when you look at the Sharks. But in the last six games, they've won all six. Yeah, they've... Uh somehow won six games with the goaltending that they have. Yeah. But uh, once again, we'll see how long this can be sustained. The Islanders have won three in a row since their win streak came to an end against my Penguins, I believe, last two Fridays ago. Uh, They have a 14-game point streak, though, because that game did go to overtime. So in 14 straight games, they have a point. The Islanders are probably, I would say, the hottest team in the league. 1A, 1B with the Washington Capitals. How good are the Islanders? I mean, is this for real? I don't want to play this team. They're, like, ever. They're good. Yeah. Derek Broussard looks rejuvenated. Anthony Bavillier looks like a scoring machine lately. Matt Barzell is fucking doing twirls with a stick in a shootout. I mean, uh, it's the Trots effect, man. You know it better than anybody. Yep, it is the Trots effect. This is a team that, if they can hold this and stay healthy through playoffs are going to just be a thorn in everyone's side again. Yeah, and I mean, they have the least amount of goals surrendered so far this season. That doesn't come to a surprise to any of us, just considering how Trotz's system usually works and how defensive it is. Uh, I'm just really curious to see how far they can go. I mean, are they a threat to the Caps to win the Metro? Probably right now, I would say. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if... I don't know. This you nailed team, it, though. I mean, two hottest teams in the league right there. They're so. an enigma to me. I don't really – is that the word, enigma? Yep. Uh, okay. Yeah, I used that. I learned that in seventh grade in a vocab workshop book, and nice. I never fucking did it. I copied off the kid next to me. So nice. I was just pulling that out of my ass. I'm <laughs> actually pretty impressed. I'm pretty I'm, pr- I'm pretty satisfied with that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, this is why I do a podcast. Uh, so, yeah, the Islanders are one of the hottest teams in the league as of right now. Uh and next up on the list, yours truly, Nick, Washington Capitals. I'll let you do your little State of the Union here. Yeah, big couple of road wins. Uh, they're five points clear of the Islanders for, you know, mm-hmm. the lead in the NHL right now. They're hot. They've had to do some juggling with uh, salary cap issues. So they are right at the cap, if yeah. not over it. Right. Uh, Dowd and Haglin are hurt. Okay. So they actually had to send Samsonov back to Hershey and bring up Vitek Vanacek to be Holtby's backup. How long do you think that'll go on for? Because before you go on, Penguins have the same thing with the Smith and Jari. We're yes. right at the cap, so we can't bring the Smith up. Yeah. So this, I think, will go on as long as ha- uh, 
Dowd and Haglin are sort of, you know, just kind of day-to-day. Right. So hopefully one of them comes back sooner rather than later. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, the Dallas Stars have won seven of their last eight games. They have seemed to found the rhythm that we all thought they were going to have going into this season. Uh, they look really good right now. And the Chicago Blackhawks are 5-0-1 in their last six after a bumpy start. They're trying to find their game right now, and it looks like they are after they fucked me sideways on Saturday night <laughs> against the Predators. I put a little bit of money in by a little bit, a little more than I usually would on the Predators, and basically Kane just jerked off all over me. So yeah, whatever. and I think the biggest reason, well, not the biggest, but one of the biggest reasons of the Blackhawks' success is 18-year-old Kirby Doc having nine points in 14 NHL games. That kid's good. Seriously good. Big body. Yeah. They look they look pretty good. And Seabrook actually has kind of not found his way back to old form, but he's got a couple of points in his last games. He scored a, a game winner the other night, I believe. Yep. Um, so, you know, rejuvenated Hawks coming back. That's always good. Now for the who's not so hot. I will start with the Nashville Predators, who have lost me more money than I want to admit on this podcast, so we'll keep that uh, quiet. But I have a very bad habit of liking this team at home on puck lines, and they have just fucked me sideways the last couple of nights. Are you retiring it? Are you done with them? I am I am retiring the Nashville puck line. Okay. Yeah, I'm done. It's right there with betting the Oilers. It was I, a good run. You and you and me both yeah. agreed never again on the Oilers. Now I am never again on the Predators. So our three teams that we will never bet, the Jets, the Preds, the Never Oilers. Jets ever again. It's not happening. Yeah. Uh, the New Jersey Devils, goaltending has been a huge issue for them. They have not looked that good lately with the big expectations that were put on them coming into the season. And ESPN actually writing an article in September asking if they were cup contenders. Good job, ESPN. Uh, <laughs> they definitely do not look like one. Uh, what do you got to say, Nick? They basically are going to turn to Louis Deming. So they got him from Tampa. He had been in their uh, mm-hmm. their affiliate for a while. They're calling him up now. So it's going to be him and Mackenzie Blackwood. Mackenzie Blackwood's actually not horrible. He's I not terrible. I just don't think he can handle the complete starting role by himself. So they're going to have to do the two-goalie system and tighten up defensively. I mean, the Islanders do it, so it proven that in the right system it can work. It can work. Uh, the Devils have a much more high-flying offense than the Islanders do, but I don't see a reason why they can't just tighten up the structure a little bit and maybe put together a few wins, but we'll see what the future holds. They don't look too great right now, so I don't know. I've kind of lost faith in them, to be honest. You know who else doesn't look great? Go for it. The Leafs. They the, suck. They look horrible. The Leafs look horrible, man. Dude, we absolutely shit-pumped them the other night. Seriously. I mean, the Penguins are fielding a team of third and fourth line AHLers, and we were skating absolute circles around Tyson Berry, who, by the way— According to Darren Drager on the second intermission report, teams are starting to inquire about trades for him. And not that the Leafs. I'm not surprised. Yeah, the Leafs haven't said that they're going to, but he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. I got to believe someone's going to take a chance on him. At what point do they stop questioning the players and start, like, and, you know, like, oh, like, what if we bring this guy in? What if we bring that guy in? And look to the guy behind the bench. So, two points. One, I agree. Two, I think the bigger point with Barry is 
granted, he's not playing great, but the Leafs aren't sure that they can afford him after this year. So they can't. Yeah, so they'll probably – if they end up thinking they don't have a chance, they'll definitely have to dish him off. For, this was like – I mean, this was yeah. their push now move. Yeah. No. So here's the bigger point. I think Babcock has to be on the hot seat. I He has to I be. think the only reason he hasn't been on the hot seat – like up to this point is because one, it's the Leafs, and two, it's Babcock. Uh, yeah, and it's, the, neither are performing up to standards right no, now. No, seriously. And Drager was saying that, you know, as the rumblings keep coming and they keep losing, if by Christmas they're not in a wild card position, I wouldn't be surprised to see him shit can him. No. It, uh, midseason firing of him would be huge. Yeah, I mean. That's all we would see on, you know, NHL.com for like a week. Oh, 100%. I think the Leafs could be a team who would benefit from a midseason firing. Though. I know that sounds crazy, but it, it's not as uncommon as it used to be. I mean, the Penguins hired Sullivan halfway through the year, and then they won the Stanley Cup. Exactly. There was another team who did it. I don't know why I can't think of it. it was the Blues. The Blues, yeah. yeah with that, Baruby. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's. I don't want to say it's proven because it's obviously not. No, but it can work. It can work, and I think the Leafs would benefit from it. I yeah. think Babcock's vibe and his message – are just kind of getting dull. I think it's outdated at this point. It worked in Detroit so well. Yeah. And now it's just... Right. I don't know. Uh, They have two regulation wins in their last 14 games, and they've lost their last five overall. Yeah. They got to do something. With that talent, you just can't keep wasting it. They've given up more than five goals in six of their last eight games, so defense has been a huge problem from them. They also do not have a backup goaltender. Yeah, they don't. Hutchinson got shit-canned after losing his first five or six starts, I believe. Yeah, they and put the, him on waivers, right? Yeah, yeah. and then the poor kid uh, against the Penguins on the other night. Uh, his name, I don't even... Ka- Kanunkin? Kaskunin? Kanaki Kanaskunin? I don't know, fucking know, dude. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, his poor mother was in the stands just watching her son get shit-canned by a shitty defense, and mm-hmm. Malkin's just sniping on him in the first period. Felt kind of bad for him. They didn't pull him. It ended up being a 6-1 game, but it is what it is. But, yeah, they do not look good, so keep an eye out for some drama coming out of Leafs Nation. Oh, more drama from Leafs Nation. Great. Um, and I think that's all we have for who's hot and who's not. Uh, you want to move on to first line or fourth liner? Let's do it. You want to kick it off? Sure. So my first liner is going to be Dylan Strome. So the young star for the Chicago Blackhawks has nine points in his last five games, and he is starting to look like the NHL centerman that we all thought this kid could be when Arizona took him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he had a good finish to the season last year, so it's nice that he's returning to form. I would expect him to you know, hit that 60-point plateau this year, potentially. So Definitely. Yeah, I think. And I actually have another one as well. Go it's Keith uh, it. Yandel. <laughs> uh, he's got eight points in three games for the Panthers. Yeah, it's not surprising. No. Uh, it doesn't surprise me at all. Probably all power play points, too, if I yep. had to guess. But Definitely. Yeah. Uh, my first liner, I actually have two, just like Nick. My first first liner is Anthony Bavillier of the New York Islanders. He has four goals in his last two games. He netted two against the Leafs and two against the Flyers, I believe. Uh, that was their most recent game. He looks really good. Uh, he is an absolute pass on the forecheck. Holy shit! I watched that whole Leafs Islanders game last Wednesday night on the money that the money line we had. Keep the change. Thanks for coming. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's he's a mutant and he gets in the dirty areas. He's got a good shot. He's a solid player, so I pick him up if he's available. My other one is going to be Connor Garland of the Arizona Coyotes. He has nine goals and three assists in 21 games so far. A name that's kind of come out of nowhere, but 
has been on a scoring rampage lately, especially in the shootout. He has six goals in his last 10 games, so he's been catching some fire. Figured this would be a name that not a lot of you know, but he is definitely someone that you should know. Uh, he's right up there with Phil Kessel for the team leading goals. So, you know, Connor Garland. Yeah, that's awesome. He's been playing really, really well. Small guy, only like 5'9", 170 or something like that. Nice. So, yeah. Uh, for fourth liner, I have Jonathan Drouin. Uh, he's the number one scorer on the Canadians, and he's going to have wrist surgery, so I would shed this asset as quickly as you possibly can. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Mine is going to be Joe Pavelski. He has five goals and seven assists for t- totaling 12 points for those who need a calculator in 21 games played so far. Two of those five goals are on the power play. You would think that with the Stars' recent success that his numbers would be a little higher, but he hasn't been off to a great start, and I would say that he could probably agree with that. Uh, 12 points in 21 games is very respectable, but for a player of his caliber, I think he needs to... You're just used to seeing more from him. Yeah, exactly, especially in the power play department. I mean, two power play goals through 21 games, I feel like he would have a couple more by now. I just want to touch on one thing before we move on to our picks for this week. I saw an interesting stat, and this may, I'm thinking of this because of our first-liner segment. Jonathan Huberdeau of the Florida Panthers has 102 points in his last 82 regular season games played. So that dates back to last season, obviously. That's sick. And that's he's a, sick. And that's a guy that not a lot of people talk about. He no. is nasty. Once again, I feel like it's just because he's almost banished down in Florida. Like, if yeah. he was in a primetime hockey market, this guy would already have a statue built. Yeah, I mean, he's he's really good. I just thought that was a fun fact to share because I would have never guessed that. I thought he'd be, like, you know, point per game or maybe a little higher than that. But 102 points in 82 games. Jesus. That's sick. Yeah, he's been playing lights out lately. So keep him on your... Uh, look out to four this week's picks. Do you want to do last week's? Should we recap last week's picks first? Yeah, and yeah, I think to recap last week, uh, thank you guys to everyone that submitted punishment ideas for us. But uh, <laughs> ultimately, we didn't need them because we were right. Yeah, so we both went ham on the Islanders on the money line over the Leafs last Wednesday. What a robbery of a puck line. Oh, my God. An egregious robbery of a puck line. So I sprinkled a couple on the puck line. My, I had a couple buddies, one in Boston in particular, who strictly bet the puck line because he's Ugh. new to hockey betting, and he kind of got confused. And he Heartbreaking. Was, I was like, dude. So for those of you who don't know, there was like, I think, two minutes and two seconds left in the game. The Islanders were up 4-2. to two. They cashed in on the empty netter and made it 5-2. to two. I was texting Nick. I was like, cha-ching, cha-ching, let's fucking go, baby. <laughs> And the money line still hit, and I had a lot more money on that than I did the puck line. But the Leafs rallied back and scored two goals in the last two minutes to kill the puck line, and the game ended 5-4. to four. That's why we both didn't go puck line, because we thought it was going to be a one-goal game from the start. That sucks. Wish that could have hit for us, but I'm happy with the money line win. Definitely. Uh, you said you, that was your lock. The money line was your lock of the year, and yep. it yeah. paid off. Yeah. Uh, in terms of other picks last week, I missed on the Blues puck line against the Coyotes. Coyotes got really, really hot right around then, so fuck me. Uh, my over-under, it was the over in the Oilers-Avalanche game. That hit with like 15 minutes to go in the second period, so yeah, that, that was, was nice. That was a good call by you. Uh, my over-under last week hit the Canucks versus the Avalanche on Saturday night, thank God. And then my two puck line picks... The Preds versus the Hawks. The Preds fucking lost. And then the Caps versus the Habs on Friday night. They lost two. 
So last week I went two and two. Both my puck lines lost, and Nick went two and one. So good job to you. Hats Thank off. you, sir. This week's picks. Let's get into it. Sure. So my puck line is going to be the Boston Bruins this Saturday against the Minnesota Wild. This is a really good hockey team against a really bad hockey team. Yeah. I mean, the Wild have been better as of late, but they're still not a good team, and I think the Bruins completely outclass them, so I would agree with that. It's in Boston, too. Yeah, that always helps. Yeah. Uh, I have, for my puck line, the Dallas Stars versus Vancouver Canucks on Tuesday night, probably the day that you were listening to this. The game is in Dallas. Dallas is one of the hottest teams in the league lately. They have won seven of their last eight games, and five of those seven wins have been by two goals or more. That's a great stat that I like to look at. I'm taking Dallas on the puck line. The Canucks have been shaky as of late. Uh, Who do you have for your money line pick? My money line is going to be a game on Tuesday as well. It's going to be the Blackhawks versus the Hurricanes. Uh, These are two teams that have been streaky to start this year. Uh, One's trending up right now, and that's the Blackhawks, so I'm going to take them. And for a money line pick, this should have decent value. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, My money line pick is going to be the Coyotes over the Maple Leafs on Thursday night in the Dirty Desert. That's a good one. I think the Coyotes have been hot lately. The Leafs are cold. Uh, Just because Vegas is Vegas, they'll probably let the odds be a little better for the Yotes since they're playing the Leafs. I would say Coyotes will be minus 130 or 140, somewhere around there. I think you'll get a decent price on them. So I'm going to hop on the Yotes versus the Leafs on Thursday night. Who do you have for your over-under? So still haven't taken an under this year, and (laughs) I'm going to keep choosing over. It's going to be Oilers at Sharks on Tuesday. The Sharks have no goaltending. The Oilers have a lot of firepower. Hopefully this will be around six just to make it a little bit easier. But even if it's at six and a half, I think I might still take a look at this one. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that a lot. Mine is going to be at the very end of the week. I'm going to take the Florida Panthers versus the Buffalo Sabres on Sunday. The Florida Panthers have been one of the best over teams in the league. Eight of their last ten games have hit the over, so I'm definitely going to jump on that. Um, Combine that with the Sabres and their firepower and the way Jack Eichel has looked lately with his four-goal performance the other night. I'm hopping on it on Sunday. Nice. So we actually have... Another ESPN segment like we did last week. Uh, Nick actually pulled this off, so I'm going to let him take the reins on this. So this was just a bunch of ESPN insiders trying to talk about some more NHL trends. I believe there's like five of them. Keyword is try to talk. Exactly. Uh, You know, typical buy or sell. So to start, are you buying or selling that Boston will have multiple 40 goal scorers at the end of this year? I'm going to buy it. Um... I, yeah, I'll buy it. Pasternak right now has 17, and Marchand has 13. They're probably going to both be 40-goal scores. I would say they're both on decent pace right now, and that top line is always clicking. Bergeron's been a little banged up lately, so that might hurt that line's production. I don't, he's always like a day-to-day, apparently has a nagging groin injury from before the year starting. But, yeah, I would say that they're both going to be 40-goal scores. I'm buying this as well, and if this doesn't hit, I think one of them gets to like 35 or 39. Yeah, um, I still think they're going to clip 40, though. Yeah. Not, there shouldn't be an issue. Um, Kale McCarr will win the Calder Trophy. I'll let you touch on this first. Uh, yeah, I'm buying this because I said this, like, what, four weeks ago? Or, dude, you said this in August when we talked about doing this True. podcast. So I even mean, further back, ESPN. Yeah, I definitely am going to buy this. I think right now Kale McCarr is the runaway, and I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. No. 
Uh, the Flyers are a dark horse in the East. You go first. I'm like, I think I'm buying this, but I would keep the receipt. <laughs> uh, so like dark What's the horse, return policy right dark horse in the east as of right now i would say yes do i think they can win the east no i don't know i feel like when you use the term dark horse you think they have a legitimate chance at winning it and i just don't think the flyers have a legit chance at making a run at the cup i think they're a team that not that i think they're a team that doesn't get paid enough respect and that they could make some noise in the playoffs but I don't think they're going to be a cup contender. I, I completely agree. If they get to the playoffs and Hart can play the way that Bennington played last year, look yeah. out. I'm going to say sell for right now. But even though I was big on them before the year, I'm going to say sell. I, they've just been a little too shaky so far. I don't think they can contend with the big boys to get to the cup finals. They're a good team. They deserve more respect than they get, but I don't think they're a big. I don't think they're a dark horse. It'll be interesting to see if they do something at the deadline as well. Yeah. And speaking of the deadline, uh, buy or sell that the Blackhawks will trade a big name by the deadline. So do you interpret this as they're going to be sellers and trade a key piece of their team, or they're going to be buyers and get a big name from another team? I look at this as they're trading away a big name. Um, I probably would have said yes if this was last week's episode, but because they are 5-0-1 in their last six and they look to be a little better as of late— I'm not buying it. I'm going to say sell. I think, if anything, they're going to go for a big name because I think they're going to be a bubble team. And because they're going to be a bubble team, they don't want to get a shitty draft pick without making the playoffs, so they're going to do everything in their power to get in there. I'm also going to sell this. I was selling this more under the impression that I don't think they would be able to move any of their big pieces. Agreed. Without, you know, no teams are going to be able to handle those contracts. The only one that I would imagine would get moved is Seabrook, and his contract is abysmal. Yeah. I think they have too much respect for Keith to move him. They ain't moving Kane or Taves, and nor would anyone take no, them. No, they won't. Uh, they're not going to move the Brinkett. I'm trying to think of any other. They're not going to move Strom. No. I mean, I don't think they can move anybody. So. Uh, and then the last one is buy or sell. Mitch Korn is the person most responsible for the Islanders' success. So for those of you that don't know, Mitch Korn is the goaltending coach that came over with Barry Trotz when Trotz left the Caps. Uh, Mitch Korn is called the goalie whisperer, and rightfully so. What do you think? I'm going to let you do this one first because you've been talking about Mitch Korn since episode one. So I am a huge Mitch Korn fan. I don't think he's the person most responsible for the Islander success because I think that's Trotz. I would agree. I think their their goaltending is very good right now. It's but I, getting so much better. But I think the result of this good goaltending is more based on the fact that Trotz has these guys playing like defensive juggernauts. Than yes. Everything. Yeah. So that helps. It takes pressure off the goaltending. Then you have the goaltending getting better. Yep. Definitely trending upward for this team. Uh, this was, I think, just as big as getting Trotz for them. Um, yeah. So are you selling too? I'm selling it just because I think Trotz has had a bigger of an impact, but yeah. obviously Korn has had a huge impact as well. Agreed. Uh, so moving on with another ESPN writer, Greg Wyshynski, who does – I like a lot of the stuff that he does on ESPN. It's decent. Mm-hmm. Half of it is at least. Uh, he made a list of 10 current players that he thinks will be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Okay. So players that are active now. Right. So to run through this list, 10th to 1st, he has Patrice Bergeron, Duncan Keith, Patrick Kane, Eric Carlson, Evgeny Malkin, Henrik Lundqvist, Zdeno Chara – Joe Thornton, Ovi, and Crosby. 
not counting the younger generation. Right. Um, this is established guys that yes. you think would make, like McDavid wouldn't count right now. Not him. Stuff. Not Matthews. If not McDavid Mac, died, yeah. <laughs> God says, forbid. <laughs> if McDavid died like tomorrow, I don't know if he'd make the Hall of Fame. I mean, he doesn't even have 500 points. No, I don't know. I mean, it, maybe I don't know. Right. But whatever. Um, what do you think of this list? I'm curious. This is interesting. I haven't heard your opinions yet, so I'm... How is Eric Carlson on this list? Uh, I thought the same thing. Eric Carlson should totally not be on this list. No Stanley Cups. Yeah. Banished in Ottawa for most of his career. I mean, granted, Ottawa was decent. I mean, they took... I mean, they were in the Cup Finals with you guys in, what was that, 2016? Eastern Conference Finals, 2017. Or, yeah, Eastern Conference Finals. 2017. So, I don't know. He's not a Hall of Famer. I don't see that. I was a little bit surprised that Lundqvist was on there, but he has been dominant for such a long time. Uh, we're going to get crucified if we, <laughs> if we talk yeah. shit about Hank. I love Hank. I would say if you were to really rank these guys from for sure locks to hopefuls, him and Carlson would probably be, be the two big hopefuls on the list. I agree. I mean... Bergeron, he's in there. Oh, yeah. 100%. Four Selkies, runner-up, like, cup. I don't know, eight yeah. more times other than that. Yeah. He's got the cup. Great guy. Duncan Keith's got three of them. Gold medals, you know, you name it. Same with Patty Kane. Gino has obviously proven himself. Uh, Big Z, you know. No, I mean, I, I, I agree with Musla. So here's what I actually made a couple notes on. My subtractions would be Carlson for sure and perhaps Lundquist replacements. This is where I had some okay. fun with it. You tell me. Ryan Getzlev. Cup in 07. Yes. Couple of Olympic gold medals, I'm pretty sure. Yes, and he's been the captain forever. I don't think he has a heart trophy. Corey Perry won that. Corey but, Perry did win it that year. Uh, I think who won the Conn Smythe when the Ducks won that? It was either Pronger or Niedermeyer, probably, I think. I can't remember. Niedermeyer, I, I want to say. I can't remember off the top of my head. Imagine uh, having both of those guys on your blue line. I'm going to look that up, actually. So that's interesting that you had those guys as your additions. I was wondering, you know. I didn't actually. So Perry is not one of my additions. I just was saying that out loud to remind oh, okay. myself. Scott Niedermeyer did win it, by the way. Okay, that year. cool. Um, so I had Ryan Getzlaff, Steven Stamkos. Okay. Or Jonathan Taves, who I... I hate Taves, and I don't... I really don't like him either. But I feel like if you're going to put Kane and Keith on there, how do you not put the captain of the team on there? Exactly. It's, look, I say my first two would be Getzlaff and Stammer. I think... Although even Stammer, I don't know. I, There's, I mean, he did go to the finals, but there are question marks there. 400 career yeah. goals already. Yeah. He's not even 30 yet. He turns 30 in February. Exactly. Uh, I would imagine he'll get a cup. I think Getzlaff should be on there instead of uh, Eric Carlson. I agree in terms of Getzlaff. Yeah. Um, I thought it was great that they put Joe Thornton on there. That obviously does not need to be said. Right. But, you know, he will be in the Hall of Fame. I'm a little surprised you're not mentioning someone's name. Mm. Nick Backstrom. Before you said Craig Lachlan and Benatti, like two weeks ago, did like a fan segment. And someone was like, is Backy a Hall of Famer? And they were both like, ah, rah, rah. Like, you know, Craig Lachlan's fuck voice voice. As... In my opinion, the most accurate passer I have ever seen play. Okay. He should be in the Hall of Fame. But because he's Nick Backstrom, he's quiet, sort of flies under the radar. I think Daily Faceoff has him as like the 31st best center in the league, which is just a a crime. What do they know? I don't know. But I don't think he'll make it, and that's going to break my heart. I'm going to get absolutely filleted for this. I don't think he should make it. 
if he wins, look, if Backstrom didn't have a cup, there's no way he would be in the conversation. And I'm just being honest. Right. Ovi would still be a lock, even if he didn't have the he cup. He would still, yes, for sure. Because he has the cup, he gets considered. He's a great player, but I don't think he is, for me, Hall of Fame. When you look at this list, these are guys who, like, are legit, like, MVP Norris every year they're in the league type candidates. I mean, right. look, no offense to Backstrom, but he's nowhere in the class of Crosby or Ovechkin. I don't even think he's in Malkin's class, to be honest. I mean, Malkin's got the MVPs. He's got the Conn Smythe. He's got the three cups. I mean, he's done it all. He's over a point-per-game career-wise. I don't think he's in Kane's stratosphere. Uh, it's hard to compare him to Char and stuff. I just don't think he's in the conversation. I don't know. Yeah. It's just I think a lot of that comes down to just the way he plays the game. He's not, you know, he can score, right. you know, as we've seen. He's steady Eddie. Yes, exactly. He's steady Eddie. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. I just don't think he's in that top tier. Like, Dynamic. Yeah. If yeah. he does get in, it'll be very, very late. He won't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But for sure. I just don't think he is. Interesting. And for all you haters, fuck you. <laughs> Uh, so the last thing I have written down in my notes is the Caps have recently started to allow their players to choose what song plays when they score goals. So, you know, each individual player can pick which song uh, plays after the horn. Very similar to an MLB player in the way that they choose their walk-up music. So I wanted to hear your thoughts on this. Is this cool, or is it just better to stick with one song that the entire team uses? I actually love this. Uh Especially for teams that have shitty goal songs, especially like the Penguins who have jump around and get up, get up, jump down. It's like, fuck mm. off. It's dumb. Um, I love this. I think I read that Oshi was like choosing like country songs and stuff, and that's why some of the guys were like, oh, like, fuck country music. Like, yeah. I wanna. yeah. But I kind of like it, man. I mean, I don't know. I get from the team's aspect, they want to choose a song that they think will quote unquote hype their fans up. Yeah. But damn, that would suck. Like, if you're a team with a good song, like, if you're the Rangers or the or Islanders the Hawks, or the Hawks, they will like, never change. It's that. like you, I feel like you can't change that. Yeah. Like those are too good. Like I, I don't know if it. Maybe this is a team by team basis. I wouldn't really have a problem yeah. with that. I. It'll be interesting to see if more teams start to do this. I know back in like the old like Southeast Division days uh, when the Caps would just run the table in that division. They still run the table in the Metro. Uh, <laughs> they would like switch it up like every like third goal or so and that was mainly because those games it was like you know Washington and the Thrashers so the score would be like you know eight nothing the year we put up like 65 yeah (laughs) um so it'll be interesting to see if more teams start to do that but I I mean I don't see the legendary teams with good goal songs actually doing it but I could see non-traditional markets you know buying into this maybe like a Panthers or a I agree but yeah. I don't think you're ever going to have... You can't change the Blackhawks. You can't change the Rangers. You can't change the Islanders. I love all those ones too Those much. are great ones. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that'll pretty much do it for us on episode 11. Um, as we've been saying forever now, it feels like, you can still donate to the American Cancer Society fundraiser that we have going till the end of this month. After this month, a winner will be chosen out of all of our donors to win a free hockey jersey on the Empty Betters crew. We have one more episode before the end of the month, so make sure that you get your donation in there. You can find our Venmos on our social media accounts, and you can Venmo us any amount of money uh, with the caption ACS Foundation, so that way we know what it's for. 
Um, nothing really else coming up, to my knowledge, for us. I mean, we're just kind of banging away. We will be having more interviews coming here shortly. For those of you who don't know, uh, this is not Nick and I's full-time work. Uh, you know, it is we have, not, unfortunately. We have class, work, other full-time obligations that require our time. So sometimes getting interviews in can be a little bit of a time crunch. But we do anticipate on having a decent amount coming up for the month of September's Jesus Christ, December, December, <laughs> December and January. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, if you would like to come on, uh, shoot us a message. You know, I, we have a couple people that have done that with Definitely. us who have some really solid backgrounds in hockey careers. So, uh, or if you know anybody who would want to come on, just let us know. Uh, we're always looking for more names. So we look forward to doing more interviews in the future. Uh, you got anything else, Nick? Uh, I just wanted to say thank you to Danielle and Mike Comparetto for taking over our Instagram story at the Islanders Leafs game. That was fucking hilarious. So thank if you, you haven't checked that out, we saved it in like the highlight section of our Instagram page. So go look at that. It's a great look inside of what happens when Tavares plays at the Coliseum, and I think they captured it perfectly. <laughs> oh, that was great. I was I was just as hyped watching that as I was the game. I mean, I was like constantly updating our feed. I was like, oh, God, I can't wait till it comes on. So they did not disappoint. No, and the best part was Mike ends up getting on TV, and Danielle texted me. She was like, I missed my chance to get on TV because I was filming him for Empty Betters. <laughs> we might have to upload that. That would be kind it of funny. It was really funny. To show. Uh, but, yeah, thank you to both of you. That was Great to have for our page, you know, small small guys like us in a in a big pond. It's nice to you know get some stuff that maybe other people don't have. So we appreciate it a great deal. Definitely. And that'll pretty much wrap it up for episode eleven. Episode twelve will be coming at you next Monday, November twenty fifth. Be on the lookout for that. And without further ado, class dismissed. 